This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I realize that chopsticks are both a thing and the action that you take to make the thing. Joining me tonight in the historic (laughs) Infinite Potato studio, we have Jen. How are you? I have no reaction to that i just okay (laughs) hi (laughs) virginia is joining us as well how are you doing ma'am also no reaction to that hello (laughs) you have the chopsticks to make chopsticks i i got it (laughs) i wish i didn't but (laughs) i got it (laughs) rick is joining us how's it going sir that is the only thing i can play on the piano so uh there you go (laughs) chopsticks on the, the the big piano that you stand on on any piano. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Scott. How are you, sir? I once got complimented in a Chinese restaurant by the manager on my chopstick skills and technique. I didn't you know catch what to a fly. Say. Is it is it is it uh good or bad that I've heard that story before? <laughs> <laughs> and john is with us as well how are you sir i'm good man i respect the joke five out of five (laughs) all right so um i thought i'd start out with a little bit of oh scott you can come back i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) i thought i'd start out with a little bit of what we've been watching um i went to a drive-in theater this week and saw the premiere of eternals and I'm going to review it, and I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, just give me a thumbs up when you're done. I'm taking my headphones. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. I promise. I've even written, I, you know what? I've written believe, down what I'm going to say. I I've believe your sincerity, but I don't like. I don't want to know anything. Like I barely know who's in it. Just give me a thumbs up when you're done. Okay. All right. So I went in uh, thinking that this movie was going to be just okay because, uh, you know, I heard the buzz (laughs) that (laughs) I heard the buzz that it wasn't uh, great, but Marvel 
rarely lets me down. So I figured it would be entertaining enough. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'll just say that this it's a very good movie. It's not an Avengers movie. So be prepared that it's not at that level. But there are some breathtaking visuals in this movie. And there are some really good performances. It's a lot of fun. And kind of a standalone movie so if you've never seen a marvel movie before you can watch this one and you won't be lost you know um you don't have to know all the nooks and crannies of the mcu to enjoy it so it's 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 its own thing do you have to know anything about any of the characters in it because i had I, I no idea about any of them i didn't okay. I, I, I didn't never read an eternals i never even heard of them until i saw the trailer for this so. yeah same here so yeah i mean yeah, I, it's it's a recommend. I gave it I gave it uh, three and a half stars out of five on my personal rating system or whatever. So it's it's good. I liked it. I would recommend it. There, you know, there's some slow parts to it. It's two and a half hours long, and I mean, it does kind of slow down in in places. But there are some really good action sequences, and they're kind of scattered throughout. So it's not like all action in the beginning then slow in the middle then action at the end they you know it's it's kind of interspersed in there so would you say it's child friendly because sharon asked me if uh, totally out of the blue is the eternals okay for kids and i said i have absolutely no idea why do you ask and she said because i got an eternals toy in my happy meal and i'm like well that doesn't always mean anything (laughs) i mean not any less child friendly than like infinity war or something along those lines there is a sex scene but it's not graphic they don't show anything but there are two characters that have sex in the movie so um other than that you know it i I think it would be fine okay um all right john you can come back now all right uh wow i can't believe how it ended that's cool (laughs) (laughs) And then Tony Stark comes back to life in the in the <laughs> post credit scene. Okay. Um, You're muted. <laughs> also. Oh, that's too bad. It was perfect. That was a perfect delivery. You say, say the Tony Stark thing again, Sean. <laughs> and then Tony Stark comes back to life in the end credit scene. Fuck you, 3000. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we could tell what the first two words were. We're, we're sure. <laughs> also, the, the show Them, have any of you guys watched that on Amazon Prime? Nope. No. Yes. I binged the whole thing last weekend, last Sunday. It's, it's rough. Not, not ants. It, no. it, it's rough. Uh, but, I mean, it's good. It's a good show. It's fantastic. But it's rough. There's some very hard to watch moments. I almost had to turn it off at one point. Rick, don't watch it. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. is it Rick friendly? No. <laughs> What's it about? Well, okay. So the premise of the show is that these uh, th- this black family moves into a white middle class suburban neighborhood in uh, the late 40s or early 50s, somewhere in that Ooh. in that time. Yeah. Allison Peel is in it, um, and they. Uh, and they they're not welcome they're not welcome at all and and they make it very clear that they're not welcome um but the reason i say don't watch it is they're, they're, the character the the main characters ha- in the first episode they show that they had a baby that when they when they cut to 
later in the future, the baby's not there anymore. And they show you later on in the series, what happened to the baby. And I don't recommend if you don't yeah, like seeing things happen to kids, I wouldn't watch that. Uh, no, this aside, that you, yeah. Go ahead. Rick. I, I was going to say all, you know, black family moves into a white neighborhood in the forties. That's pretty much all I need to know that I, I, and, and not, you're and, and after you saying this was a rough show to watch. I, yeah. Cause a lot of things, <laughs> but you know, it was really well written and it was really well acted. And then they, the, some supernatural stuff starts to happen as well. Um, well, but, how would it uh, compare to like Watchmen, the, the, the Watchmen series that came out last year? It, I no. wouldn't compare it to that. No. Yeah. It's, it, it is, I've never seen the Purge series. I imagine it's more on Purge level. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That bad. Okay. It's, it's, but it is relentless. And yeah. here's the thing. But so, the storytelling is better than a purge movie. I I, I mean pur- purge no, is I, like, I'm, just, I'm talking I'm talking in terms of yeah. how how graphic the, the violence is. Yeah. The so yes, this uh black family that's already, you know, suffered this traumatic events moves into uh this white suburban neighborhood. Uh and so it's the story's kind of told on two levels. Like, yes, so there's all the horrible stuff that happens to them just as black people living with a bunch of racist white people. And there's all the horrible stuff that happens to them on a supernatural way. Mm. And both of these areas are very horrible. And it's the whole series. Like, like there's a little bit of kind of okay, no spoilers. Well. There's a whole lot of hurt for a little bit of uh, happiness at the end. It does not balance out to me. Let me ask you all a question then, because, you know, frequently we, we have this discussion a lot offline where they'll be like, oh, okay, here, you know, another example is Squid Game. Everybody's raving about Squid Game. Everything I hear about it tells me I don't want to watch it. What? Uh, no matter how well a story like this is told or written or performed, why do you want to watch something that's so unremittingly miserable? Squid Game is not miserable. Yeah, I would not. I would not. I would not, I would yeah. not say. I wouldn't call I would, it. Yeah. <clears throat> no, Squid, but, Squid but, Game is just th- that's that's a different thing. That's a different mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but them, this them. If I had it to do over again, I probably wouldn't watch it. You know, it's, I haven't watched, um, <clears throat> you know, I haven't watched uh, The Joker. I haven't watched Joker yeah. because of what I think I'm going to see. I'm sure it's an excellent movie and I'll probably watch it eventually. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Rick. It's, it's different if, you know, if it's an alien creature that's coming down and blowing people up with lasers as opposed to this horrible thing that horrible people actually do to relatively innocent people i don't really have any desire to see that and, and I, especially growing up as a black man in america <laughs> yeah. where it's actual history and not you know so much theoretical like yeah i you know my wife has much more of a uh a tolerance but tolerance for for that kind of stuff than i do like I don't, as as a friend of mine put it years ago, he doesn't watch war movies because it's like I don't need to be reminded of man's inhumanity toward man. 
Well, it's it's like when someone is recommending a movie and they're like, oh, man, it was so good. I was wrecked by the end. I was just ball. And I'm like, why? 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 I, I, I don't understand the appeal of watching a movie that makes you absolutely you know crying your eyes out it, well, it just can, yeah but you tell us all the time you get emotional watching movies all the time yeah well don't say it's an emotional journey it's the same people <coughs> same reason people ride roller coasters yeah see, so that they can get scared but then it's like i watched the, i watched the show my, my wife and i have very few shows that we watch together that we both like and one of them is This Is Us. And This Is Us is like that. You know, oh, it, that wrecks me, man. I yeah. watch it. Oh, but, that's what I keep hearing. <laughs> but it's also it, it, got a lot of, it's got a lot of humor in it. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, some excellent acting and very good storytelling oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, some of the storylines are going to make you feel things, but I think it makes you feel things because you're connecting with those characters and yep. you're connecting it, with that story. And it's, and it's not the discomfort. It's not the getting wrecked. It's not the depression or the uh, just, you know, o- oppressive uh, sadness that can be brought on by some of these storylines. It's the catharsis of feeling those emotions. Yep. It's watching something that pulls the, the emotional reaction out of you. Uh, Why a tray you had to go through all those hardships. Yeah. I never watched that movie. I, I it's, it, it's, tried re- to watch it. It just bored down. <laughs> Regardless the, of what the first 30, 40 mean, minutes, kind of boring. Right. Regardless of what emotion is being pulled from you, it's the fact that a film or television series or what have you is pulling that emotion. Just that release of it. I think that's what a lot of people enjoy. Watchmen. Watchmen, I found to be very disturbing at at, at times. Yeah, um, the movie or the show, the the, the show, mm-hmm. um, and a, a lot of those moments were uh, as th- th- this may surprise a lot of you listeners. Um, I'm white, so as a white guy <laughs> watching, where do you live again? <laughs> <laughs> watching Watchmen, and you know just. Not to say that it was loading me up with white guilt, but n- knowing that every most of what it was showing in that series, you know, all all based in truth, none of it seemed impossible to believe, and that in itself was disturbing enough. Mm-hmm. Especially in the in the first episode, seeing the um, the destruction of Black Wall Street. And thinking, huh, they're making this, this must be the, the, the point in history where things diverged and it became the, the alternate history we see in the Watchmen comic book. And then finding out shortly thereafter, no, this, this, is, this, is, this is the real part. This is what actually yeah. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of uncomfortable emotions that the show uh, brought to me. You know, being shown my own ignorance not comfortable at all but one of the best parts of that series because it made me feel that didn't like feeling it in the moment but after it happened again like i said that catharsis you know and and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that 
y'all are wrong for liking this stuff or that it's bad or anything like that. It's just, I, I frequently have, you know, the discussion of, I saw this movie or, or, you know, X movie and what I've heard about it, I don't want it. Oh, but it's so good. Yeah. But I've heard this about it. Well, yeah, it is, but it's so good. And then I, I feel like, and, and maybe this is, you know, maybe I'm just projecting. I sometimes feel like. We're not listening to you. Not, not so much that. I mean, I'm, I'm, what I was about to say makes it sound a hell of a lot more persecuted than I mean, than I mean it to sound. But I, I sometimes feel um, negated. Maybe, maybe the right word. Um, because. <laughs> I don't want to watch stuff like this. Now, if it happens to be in something I'm watching, I'm not going to turn it off. Um, But like, I don't go out of my way to watch shows that are going to make me sad or angry. Um, You know, I've, I've, I've said this before. There are episodes from the BS Battlestar Galactica reboot that I turned to my wife when it was over. And I said, if this wasn't on a science fiction show, I'd have never watched that. Um. And I don't go back and rewatch them. You know, I can appreciate the the acting and all of that stuff. Um, but and and I'm not and I'm not trying to say that y'all want you know enjoying this stuff is wrong. I just I've never been able to understand the active seeking out of misery on the screen. I for myself, uh, I agree. I think I think it's a question of degrees, like. You know, you don't want to watch something that has no emotional like, no. arc. It's, it's got to be something that makes you, you know, like like Sean said, connect with the character and feel sad when something bad happens, or feel angry, or or whatever. Like <clears throat> that's that's the that's the point of storytelling is to is to pull you on the journey with them. And if it. Uh, I'm yeah I agree like I said my wife has it like she she's you know like our two Netflix cues <laughs> like there 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 is a Venn diagram of you know uh you know sci-fi and and and, and comedy a little bit um but hers is way more depressing <laughs> hers is way more historical dramas and and uh you know apocalyptic post-apocalyptic you know really heavy uh you know cerebral sci-fi wait does she have the same cue that i do (laughs) sounds like it (laughs) and mine is much more you know action adventure superhero type stuff like i said there's 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 some stuff that we watch that fits both but you know she she's she is much more inclined to uh I, don't, I wouldn't say seek out the misery it's like it's just it's just a question of what your you know what your threshold is yeah mine is mm-hmm. mine is lower than hers and yours i think rick is lower than mine yeah it's, i mean, I mean it, you know like the offspring from TNG is one of my favorite episodes. Which one is that? That's the one with when Data builds LOL. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. And, you know, and yeah, the ending every time tears my heart out. But also, there's enough silliness in the episode and stuff that it's like, 
okay, I can breathe, even though I know what's coming. But like when you say this show, this show is just unrelentingly bleak and awful and it's so good. And I'm like, I, those two terms don't go together for me. I, I mean, and, and that's cool. I, that's, it, and I'm trying I, to understand I, it, not criticizing. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, I was a huge fan of the walking dead for several seasons. And I probably haven't watched like two, three seasons ago. The finale was like, you know what? I'm done. I can. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like they hadn't done like. uh, The Walking Dead never pulled punches like, you know, they would do things and and kill characters that you thought would like, you know, they'd bring in new characters and sometimes they live and sometimes they die. And that was one of the things that I appreciated about it was, you know, there weren't any bulletproof characters. Uh, so it, you know, you never knew what was going to happen. But like you said, it was it was a good mix of they had losses, but they also had victories. And uh, you know, we got to the point that where they suffered such a loss. I'm like, I, I'm done, and I will probably at some point go back and watch because I think I, I think I quit two seasons ago, two three seasons ago. Was it when? And was I'll, it Carl? Was it Carl? Or Rick? No. no. Okay. It wasn't either. Rick didn't die. No, but he left. He left. Yeah, he left. <laughs> it wasn't. I, I was with it at that. I was with it through uh, Carl. Um, was Carl the dude with the baseball bat? No. 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 As far as I know, Carl was the kid. No, that was Carl was Negan, Carl was yeah. son. Yeah. The little sheriff. Um, because it, it doled out the joy and the pain. Uh, until until that episode, it was uh, I don't I don't know her name, but the um, the the one the, the leader of of the Alpha Alpha I think is her right the one who, yeah 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 so the the season finale of the season where Alpha is introduced was uh, that was that was that was my limit I was like. Uh, and I know it wasn't the end of the series, and I know there was, you know, still a story to tell. But I'm I'm fine with that being on the shelf for now. That's that's how I was with Game of Thrones, you know, genre show. I was totally for it, and at the end of season two, I was like, I, I just can't take this anymore. <laughs> There's just no joy. Season here. two, you build, just... you build early, man. It got so yeah, much it got much better. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, My worse. wife was still watching it. It, it got well, it, yeah. It got better and worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you talk about this, and I have a pretty high threshold as far as as, as shows go. But I've been rewatching Peaky Blinders, which I've actually stopped watching it for a while. I can't sit through that. Um, I can only watch like one episode at a time, and I usually like binge a ton of. I can't. It's so bleak, and there's so much going on, and there's it's it's too much even for me, you know. And that's rare for me to say that. <laughs> it's hard yeah. it's really hard to sit through sorry for for derailing the conversation i mean you, i apologize you love, if, you, um... if you feel like we are like if we, if we you know are on your case or or you know, dismiss your i want to say sensibilities because that sounds more judgmental but you know but i mean that's what it is if we if we are not hearing what you're saying 
and we're like, yeah, we'll do, we should do it anyway, because it's cool. So I apologize if that's the sense, if you feel like this, this wave is coming from us, but that's not, uh, I think, and, I, and I'm sure you know, it's all coming from a place of, I think that you'll enjoy this. Mm-hmm. If, if, no, and, if, yeah. and, and I don't, and, and like, that's why I was trying to choose my words carefully. I don't want you, I don't feel persecuted or, or shat upon or anything like that. But I, I don't always think that I make myself clear about why I don't particularly want to watch something that everybody else mm-hmm. is digging. And, yeah. and sometimes I feel like it's, oh, well, Rick's not going to want to watch this. Yeah, to <laughs> date, I've only gotten Rick into one show that I like. One. One. Yeah, that was Penny Dreadful. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Penny Dread- and Penny Dreadful is miserable. There's a lot of miserable yes! stuff that happens but in Penny- that show. <laughs> I quit on Penny Dreadful. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but it not yeah. not not necessarily because it was too much for me. I it, I didn't find it that interesting. I I, I, I tried I to watch it. I lost I lost interest in the first in the first series, and then they came back last year and did another series, um, which is completely different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. And I tried to watch that, and it was even more miserable. It's pretty <laughs> bad. It's pretty bleak. Let's put see. It that I way. didn't. Yeah. I, and and I I can I. Uh, this was going to come up because when I tell you what I've been watching, Penny Dreadful was going to be, uh, uh, I watched, I started watching one of the shows you recommended, Sean. Um, and I, you know, I don't know why Penny Dreadful worked for me. Uh, maybe because it was so fantastical, you know, I'll watch a monster movie. I won't watch a slasher movie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a slasher movie is too real. Whereas I yeah. can, I can, make that con- disconnect in my head about something you know even jaws jaws really comes close to the line for me if i didn't know you know when and when it came out it scared the was you know the living crap out of me i have since learned you know one great whites don't get that big and two they don't act like that so i can i can disconnect it as this is a monster movie in the shape of a shark yeah do you consider um, uh nightmare on elm street monsters or slashers uh i never watched one of them so i don't know so that's the difference because i i look at most slasher movies i look at them as monster movies because they're not human those are not human characters they're i mean they can't be stopped michael myers jason they can't be stopped they're not people they're like these zombified immortal characters that just keep coming they weren't at the beginning though you know friday the 13th wasn't even well Spoiling a forty-year-old movie, or however, you know, Friday the Thirteenth was not Jason; it was his mother. Yeah, and she died. And she was she not was... An, a supernatural. Yeah, creature. that's what I loved about it—the first one. So, eh. <laughs> you know, eventually those movies became parodies of themselves. Yeah. Um, but the originals, you know, and and you know, I, I've never seen a Halloween movie, and I never will because that's just not—that's not my gig, my my thing. Um, but you need to watch halloween three you would love it do do not do that to him <laughs> is that the one in that. space <laughs> no that's, that's in friday that's, the 13th that's sean's dickest oh. sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> now i have been watching though get us back i on guess track we're moving here. to rick first um, what he's watching <laughs> uh just because you know you you i asked i i was like all right there's a whole bunch of shit everybody's talking about and i'm not watching any of it tell me what you think I should watch. And one of the things that, that Sean recommended was a show called uh brand new cherry flavor. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. 
I had never heard of it. I had no idea what it was about. I watched the first two episodes tonight. And if I hadn't had to stop to do this show, I'd still be watching it. Um, it's a good show. It's a, it's, it's You've a heard really... of it because I talked about it. Me and Chris talked about it here on the show. A couple of times. <laughs> okay. Because I kept, um, we kept telling you, it's got the, it's got the girl that played in that, uh, in that, uh, uh, the trouble with Edwards uh, short trek. She played the captain. That's the main oh, character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she also she was also yeah. the the uh, well. Then that was a while ago that we talked about it because you know I barely remember what I say on like <laughs> <laughs> let alone what anyone else says. Um, oh, that's right. She's the she was also the 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 mocap for Alita. Yeah, that's right. Um, but she's a the this I forget her the the actress's name, but she's a, a going out to Hollywood because she made a, a fairly successful student film and supernatural hijinks ensue and i i really don't i'm only two episodes in so i it's i mean i know what's going on i don't want to i think there's only i think there's only six or seven episodes it's not it's not a very long series yeah and it's it's based on a novel um Mm -hmm. but it's it's very penny dreadful like except nothing like penny dreadful you know it's not it's not gothic horror at all (laughs) Um, but it's still, I kind of get that same feel for it. I also get the impression I'm going to have to read the book when I'm done watching the series because it really feels like it's just kind of skittering over the surface of the of whatever the book was. I, you know, that, I may be wrong about that, but that's what it feels like anyway. But I, I really enjoyed. I it. haven't read it. Yeah, it's. I, I enjoyed it too. It's a good show. Um, what about you, GM? What have you been watching? I have a big list, so be prepared. <laughs> Okay, first off, as I've mentioned to Sean, I saw Dune, uh, the new one. Um, have any of y'all seen it yet? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We we talked. We about did it. a live stream and talked about it. Uh, okay, and then and then stopped talking about it, and then came back and talked about it some more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. So I won't go into that again. Um, uh, I've been trying to watch Peaky. Can't get into it again. Instead, I've been catching up on both Titans and Doom Patrol since they're now on HBO Max. Yay. Uh, Titans just finished season three. Doom Patrol is just about to finish season three. Um, Completely different shows, uh, as Scott can tell you. And um, I'm actually enjoying enjoying Doom Patrol more than Titans for reasons that we've just talked about. I watched the... Yeah, I watched the premiere uh, yeah. of Doom Patrol, but I stopped because I decided that this is a show that I need to be able to watch an episode every couple of days. I I, I don't want to wait a week mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. it, so I'm just going to wait until the whole thing's out, and then I'll binge it over a, a week or so. Yeah, they've got, they just put out seats, they're in the third season, they just put out episode nine this week, and it's going to go to episode, I think, 12 or 13 uh, the second season is slightly shorter because of the fact that COVID happened. Yeah. So they had to cut it short. Um, it's essentially what it is. It's a bag of misfits. These are all characters from the comics, by the way. These And even the villains are actually from the comics. But it's a, it's a bunch of misfits who live together. They all have superpowers or metas, as they call them, in the DC universe. Um, all got their powers and or conditions through outside means they weren't born that way and it's reflective of each character it's reflective of how they were before they became a meta it's it's quite interesting uh and the biggest thing about it is that it's revitalized brendan fraser's career 
because he was a mess that for the law and then he got this part and he's amazing in it along with all the other actors um he plays cliff steel which is the robot guy that you see in the promo material and uh there's also uh matt bomer who plays a negative man who essentially is radioactive uh a closeted gay man um which was not in the comics that was added for the show specifically uh there's rita I cannot remember the actress. April. Thank you. Um, And uh, she has stretchy uh, abilities, uh, but initially she can't control them. And then there's, okay, Jane, because that's what she's usually called. She has 64 different personalities and each personality has a superpower. Um, it, especially in the second season, it starts to delve into her relationship with each personality, or at least a few of them. They don't show all 64. Um, and it gets even weirder in season three, by the way. I can't really go any further to talk about that. But um, it's not your kid's superhero show, let's put it that way. It's uh, They swear a lot. There are sex scenes in it. There's nudity in it. Um, there are a lot of adult topics in it. Uh, but it's now become one of my absolute favorite shows of all time. It's it's that good. But it's not a Rick show. <laughs> no, I, I disagree. I think Rick would love that show. I, really? I, I we watched too. a little bit of... Um... We watched a little bit of Titans. My wife was watching Titans mm-hmm. uh, and I was in the room when she was watching it. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole episode that took place in the Doom Patrol's mansion. Yeah. yeah. And I enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of enjoyed Titans. Although, you know, I, I, I love the Teen Titans, the original, the first cartoon series. So mm-hmm. I'm having, wrapping my head around a gritty grown-up Titans and... It, it, once, once, I don't want to spoil it, but once a certain character got their memory back, I liked it a lot better. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, the, the whole no memory thing bugs me. It's well, that was only first season, for. luckily. So, yeah. But what I saw the Doom Patrol, I really enjoyed, and I just keep forgetting to watch it. Okay. Well, it's in third season now. It's, it gets darker and darker each time. But I like the fact that they spend time to go, like, to, to focus on each character. Um, they bring in a new character in season two that if I mentioned who she is, I, it would spoil. Uh, and then th- my absolute favorite character is Danny, who you don't meet until way later. Uh, Danny is from the comics. Uh, the best way to describe Danny is Danny is a street. Like for real, he's a character who happens yeah. to be a street. Danny the street, yeah. Danny the street yeah. and they like he's a road yeah well, well he's, the, he's the entire he's a block. town he's the, he's the entire, entire block, block. Yeah. It's, a, it's a town but it's a town that happens to be a person so to speak it's like he'll it's talk, he'll to, talk just... to you by the like the the marquee on the movie will change and say hey how's it going and that's well, Danny they, talking to you you know they, Danny is genderqueer uh and essentially Danny is a, is a refuge for people who are different um most of the residents are either they're punks or uh, drag queens or something of that nature 
but it's a refuge for people who are weird. And uh, there's a couple other actors that pop in and out that you recognize from other uh, franchises. Uh, Mark, Mark Shepard shows up a few times. He's <laughs> plays kind of like a discount Constantine. He's amazing. Um, some of the plots are just like, but for Doom Patrol, it seems to work. Uh, and I, you just have to watch it. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, other thing I've caught up on was there's a show on Netflix called Never Have I Ever. Um, Mindy Kalig is one of the executive producers of it. She does some of the writing for the scripts. There's only two seasons so far. It's essentially... Um, since I work in an Indian magazine and uh, it, I have a lot more context to it, but it's, it's about a teenage girl and in it, uh, she's an Indian, specifically Hindi Indian. Um, but she goes to a school where there's like no other Indians, and she's like a super nerd. She's really smart. Uh, it's basically dealing with her interactions with everybody else who's not Indian along with her family and everything else it's absolutely hilarious because it kind of reminds you of those like wacky 80s teen uh comedy films like john Hughes and all that but at the same time it's very fresh uh and not everything is wrapped up in a happy pretty little bow at the end of the season um there i mean debbie who's the main character and this is the gal who's playing debbie this is her first ever role and she's the lead and she does an amazing job in it uh she has issues she makes mistakes she is flawed and she does some zingers in the two seasons that are out so far and again not everything's wrapped up in a happy little bow um but it's very funny i actually do think rick you would like it (laughs) uh if you're into that kind of thing um there's a couple of like indian jokes you may not get but for the most part, it's pretty friendly for everyone to understand what's going on. And uh, it's, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. I laughed. I've cried. I love it to death. There's only two seasons out so far. The last season came out this past July. And uh, I absolutely love it. I think, but I like silly 80s teen high school comedy things. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with that stuff so uh yeah it's 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 really cute and there are some heartfelt moments in it as well especially in second season where you actually see some growth of some of the characters uh so there's that so that's pretty much what i've been catching up on and watching okay all right scott what about you i have been yes xena i'm talking now hello um uh, as we all know i watched squid game recently uh i started catching up on the leprechaun movie series because (laughs) i'm a glutton for punishment um i recently and and part of this is based on uh sean's um uh positive review of it i'm making my way toward halloween kills by watching uh, first the 2018 Halloween uh, sequel and I'll watch Halloween Kills uh, coming up here pretty soon uh, the 2018 I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it it didn't blow me away but I thought it was fine I thought it was well put together 
um, a decently made film. Um, one thing that I did watch recently, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put the cat off of my off my chest for this one because she's gonna get in the way. Uh, come on. What's he gonna hey. do? <laughs> so sorry. Um, I watched a movie yesterday that uh, I had not heard of before grabbing it. Excuse me, and I was really pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by it. Um, a 2017 film, I believe it was. And let me know if anyone has uh, uh, has heard of this before. Dave builds a maze. I love that movie. John, I think John is lying. I think John no. is lying. He, <laughs> you think John is lying? Yeah, I, th- I think you haven't seen it. Why would you think that? Why would because. I ever lie to impress you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that movie. I watched. I saw it on Hulu a couple of years ago. Okay. I, you want to quiz you, me? I thought you were just trying to be funny. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. I really no, That's it. something I would do. <laughs> Touche. And, and Rick, you would like this movie. <laughs> I've, I've never is, even heard of it. It is... Um, Scott, good. I don't want to... <laughs> it is uh, zany and endlessly creative. It was j- just as a stage technician, <laughs> you would love the way the how a low budget set is not a low budget set. It is a joyful exploration of imagination. Mm-hmm. It's it Dave so builds a maze. Yes, Dave builds a maze. It's so good, and it's written well enough so that while these crazy things are happening to real people, they acknowledge that the craziness is happening, but they also give into it, which is the only way that that could work. Right. That sounds uh, pretty good, actually. It's it's really good. It it is it is a very underrated film. Good picture. Mm-hmm. To, to set up the the barest of um, uh, of synopses and just to, to get people to get you started um, Dave is an aspiring artist who is uh, kind of spinning his wheels uh, not really sure uh, what he wants to do and and this is basically what you pick up throughout the film because it really jumps right into into the meat of of the story um this um struggling artist finally strikes upon an idea of something to do something to build so he begins building a we'll call it an art project out of cardboard he's building it in the living room of his apartment um Immediately, and this is right at the beginning of the film, uh, see opening credits and then cut to about three days later when his girlfriend returns home from the business trip and sees what is roughly a half dozen like cardboard refrigerator boxes all cobbled together with, uh, with, with tape and other adhesives uh, to, to make a rudimentary cardboard structure in the middle of the room. When she comes home, 
she can hear him calling out to her from inside because he has been lost inside of it for three days. Hmm. Eventually more people are brought to the scene. You get a bunch of people that go inside this little cardboard structure with a door that's maybe about three feet tall. And much like a TARDIS, it is bigger on the inside. It is a massive labyrinth made of nothing but cardboard. Complete with booby traps, dead ends, characters, and, and all manner of, uh, uh, of, of wackiness. Would this be somewhere on a, on a par with like being John Malkovich as far as the absurdist surrealism of it? I, it's, it's it is on the, par in the sense that it is surreal. It is not on par in that it is not dramatic. There are a few scenes. It is it is absolutely much more of a. It's more like Alice in Wonderland than okay. being John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd put them in the same hemisphere as far as the like absurdity and the. Um, uh, surrealness I guess Um, I would say this movie has more whimsy Uh, whimsical is the perfect word for this movie yeah Okay. Uh, but the the surrealism is excuse me it's at the core of this movie it's not a dare I say gimmick used Mm -hmm to travel through the plot like it is in being John Malkovich. Um, it, the, the whole thing is just uh, very, very creative. It, it'll take you by surprise how, how charming that you find it. Um, yeah. It's yeah. really well yeah. acted. It's very well written. It's, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, a, a, a delightful little, little surprise of a film. I found myself... Uh, you know, laughing and chuckling all the way through. Um, now for the, a lot of this is going to be for John because I know he's seen it. Um, now, John, you recall that uh, there are a lot of sets in this in this movie that are made for real out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, the production was able to get uh, scrap cardboard from a nearby company that was you know getting rid of it and and recycling it and they got a whole bunch of cardboard thinking this should be plenty to get us through production no no problem at all three weeks later they realized it was not enough cardboard so they go back to that company and that company can't give cardboard anymore so they have to go someplace else and they find another company that, that was willing to give them some of their disused cardboard um so now they have stacks and stacks of actual scrap disused cardboard that they're using to make the sets. Uh, but the studio space that they had only allowed them enough room to make two of the set rooms at one time. So they build one room out of nothing but cardboard and they film that scene. While they're filming a scene in that room, the production team is building the next room while they're filming finish filming in that room go to room number two tear down room number one and build room number three in its place wow finish filming in room number two go to room number three tear down room number two and build room number four (laughs) 
and that's how they went through the entire production is just tear down a set and build a new one while they're filming in the other set and the production never paid a single dollar for any of the cardboard that they used in the film (laughs) hey (laughs) clever production I can't imagine what the budget was, but um, the box office. It is it is like the most, it is the best student film you'll ever see. It's what this, <laughs> this is what this movie is like. It won a ton of awards, it looks like. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, I remember, so, yeah, the, uh, the box office for this movie was $34,000. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the budget was, but its box office was thirty-four thousand. But don't let that fool you. This this movie is, a, it, it's a delight to watch. You'll you'll be glad that you watched it. So All right. It's it's a nice bright. Uh, it's a bright chicken salad on a summer day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Virginia. What about you? Well, um, as we all know, I watch things about 30 years too late. Um, <laughs> Not too late, just later. <laughs> first of all, can I complain for a hot second about how the 1990s are 30 years ago? That's just <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. But also, and Rick, I think you'll like this one. I have been watching Babylon 5 for the first time. <laughs> nice. choice. But I've only gone through season one, so don't say anything past season one. But it's very interesting. And what the most interesting part was I had been doing my regular rewatch of TNG and went right into DS9 right after that. And so I'm watching them both kind of parallel. It's like, hmm. That's, that's not inappropriate, very, actually. It seems very similar. But well, they I aired mean, at the same time. There, mm-hmm. there was there's just a few months in between each other. Oh, okay. In fact, there are numerous conflicting theories as to which series pilfered the most from which. Because <laughs> there, there was a there was an exchange of concepts and ideas between the two production staffs, uh, but you know, depending on who you talk to. Uh, Ira Stephen Bear and Rick Berman ripped off Babylon 5 or Michael J. Straczynski ripped off Star Trek DS9. Um, there, there was some bad blood between the two for quite a while. Well, I like them both. I've seen DS9 several times, of course. But um, yeah, I know, I know there's like some cast changes coming in season two. So I'm like kind of, mm, I don't know about that, but I'm definitely going to watch more of it and see, see what happens. I think there's there's only uh, every every change serves the story yeah well, the one thing straczynski was really good about was thinking on his feet when when uh um michael o'hare left it was not mm-hmm. expected he wasn't expecting michael o'hare, o'hare to leave um he 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 pivoted really well and then you know brought in bruce boxleitner and and it doesn't affect the flow of the show at all yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, um, you know, when I was watching it and it doesn't, it, it is, it's, it's like, it's like Doctor Who. We didn't mm. expect him to leave. We made it part of the story and now it is integral to the story. I see. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. The other thing that I've been watching, which Rick, you should not watch, is <laughs> Midnight Mass, which was the most bizarre show. Oh. That is a weird show. <laughs> that I have I seen it, in a while. Yeah. yeah. It was it. just very strange, but like... Well, I, I definitely if... could not sit there and like binge the whole thing. It's like, okay, I've gotten enough murder and mayhem for one evening. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't finish it either. I don't know if I'd say Rick shouldn't watch it because Rick likes vampire stuff. Yeah, yeah I like that. vampires. Yeah, it's basically a vampire. They never say the word vampire, I don't think, but they're they're vampires. Pretty much, yeah. So. <laughs> now you guys get to see my cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John, what about you? What you been watching? I have been uh, uh, also on HBO Max uh, catching up on the DC stuff. Um, so I um, Titans, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not binging. I wouldn't say I'm binging it. Like every now and then, I'll you know I'll watch the next episode. I think we're. I don't even know if we made it all the way through season one. What does season one end? Uh, season one ends. Or, let me just say where we are. It's probably better. Okay. Um, okay. They've escaped from the they they broke the mother out of the asylum, and uh, I think we're one or two episodes past that. I think the next yeah. one we see the next the next episode <laughs> on in the queue is the origin of Hawk and Dove. You're still in season one. Yeah, you're in season yeah. one. You're almost done with season one. Yeah, I think I'm still in season one. So mm-hmm. I, it's okay. It's okay. There are parts that I like about it. There's parts that I don't like about it. Um, basically, it's a it's a more mature CW show. And all that that implies. So it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, above that is Doom Patrol, which Jen has already discussed. Um, I'm in season two of that. I'm probably mm-hmm. three, or four, three or four episodes into season two. Okay. Part of the reason I'm not binging them straight is because that's one of the shows, or those two of the shows that my wife and I watch together. Uh, so I can't watch them at the pace that I would watch them. And I, I absolutely think Rick would love that show. Oh yeah, <clears throat> if I mean, I mean, it's just it's darker it, and. But it's also, but it's also silly. Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot of silly in it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like if. It's just it's the it's the weighty just uh, you know quagmire of of crap cloud <laughs> the unrelenting crap cloud that, yeah. that Rick doesn't it, like. It's not that he, it's not that he can't watch something sad, but as long as it's got to be balanced, mm-hmm. and, I, and it, I feel like it Doom is very balanced. It can get fairly heavy. Doom mm-hmm. Patrol can be a fairly heavy show, but it's so gonzo that you don't always yeah. notice how heavy it gets. Yeah. Um, it's it spends so much time being silly, much like uh, the the Maze movie. Is there's so much of it that's silly mm-hmm. that when there is something that is sincere, it hits so much harder. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, I, so like when yeah. something. When a character who just cracks jokes all the time, funny jokes <laughs> all the time, when they really break down, it really means something. Uh, and on the DC hierarchy of uh, new shows, 
that I'm watching on HBO Max, at the top of that list is Young Justice. Hmm. Okay. Rick, watch Young Justice. <laughs> it's the... I know you're a fan of the, the of the older Teen Titans. It has the first season has very much that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, not as silly, but you know, still kind of silly. You know, each season, as the characters grow, as the characters mature, the show gets more mature. So, like by the time they're in season, uh, this is season four now. Season four just started so um is this live action or animated it is animated okay it's animated but it's so very well well animated Mm -hmm. it's it's very well animated and it's very smart like you know not to not to blaspheme but I know that one of the things you love about Star Trek is the way it, most people love about Star Trek, is the way that it addresses social issues in a, in a, in a fantastic setting. Young Justice does this as well as any show that I've ever seen. Oh. Like, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I think each, ep- each season probably 20 something episodes, 16 to 20 episodes. And uh, season four just started, like I said, I think they're probably on episode four and and they're coming out weekly. So uh, yeah, you know, take some time, binge the first several seasons, you know, as you, as you, I, (laughs) this is a show that I started off watching with the, with the kids. Uh, a, I can stay up later, <laughs> so I watched. I watched ahead, and B, they get like real. Like some of the themes, the first season so much. The first season is fine. The second season is slightly more mature. The third season, I mean, it's 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 really like okay, this is fine for a ten year old, uh, maybe twelve, thirteen, yeah, maybe fifteen, sixteen on this. <laughs> so you know. Okay, all three of us it, with cats. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Um, Artemis. <laughs> let's talk about our top five. Ar- Artemis, before we get to pets, Ar- Artemis, that is uh, a character on Young Justice. Indeed. Oh. It is. Um, it's also yeah. a, and, a and, character in uh, Ready Player One. Uh, yeah, but we're not yeah. talking about that. We were talking about Young Justice, and that, that's why our sister. And Scott <laughs> is salty tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. To, so uh... to, to jump back to what John was saying about Titans, just real quick, I want to say, and this is uh, for John to know moving forward. Titans is one of the rare shows, especially the superhero show, that's getting better as the seasons go on. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get that sense. I get that sense. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't I don't feel like I'm wasting my time with it, but it's also it's not compelling me to binge it. Mm, yeah, well, season point. three, they've really upped the writing uh, mm. as far as the plot. I I absolutely adore season three. Not as much as Doom Patrol, but they did the, the writing is much more apparently better in season three for Titans. Yeah, they, they're definitely just, just letting themselves go. Titans is absolutely 
what the Arrowverse wishes it could be mm-hmm. if they just if they took them off all the leashes. Mm-hmm. If you just let them have absolutely free reign, they would want to make a show like this. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I also um, binged the uh, the uh, complete uh, Pirates of the Caribbean series. Oh my gosh. So, past, 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 past. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, what? what? Oh, I, no, I no, the first three are the Pirates movies. Yeah, the Pirates movies. First three are great. Four, meh. Five, decent. Yeah. They're good movies. Entertaining. Um, I didn't mean to be mean, Sean. I <laughs> sorry. So, if you could have any animal, creature, or life form from a movie or a TV show and keep them as a pet, what would be your top five picks, John? Since this was your idea, what's what what what, what would be your five? You want, my, you want all five together? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let me find it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, number five, I actually got a tie between the uh, Flurkin of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of you petting cats so carelessly, no, <laughs> <laughs> with no concern for your own safety. Uh, and uh, uh, you, you'll, you'll, targ, you'll put your eye out. Klingon Targ. Just because I think they'd be interesting. I think they make good guard animals. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, the goose who laid the golden eggs for obvious reasons. Uh, number three, uh, call back to never-ending story, Luck Dragon. Flies. Good What's luck. What's his name? What's his name? No, I don't need that particular Luck Dragon. Just a Luck Dragon. But the downside is that he's huge. I presume they're all huge. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough to explain. Uh, number two, uh, Pokemon, Ditto. Uh, Ditto is the Pokemon looks like a blob, but can basically take the form of any Pokemon and assume their powers, which is awesome. Any Pokemon. And these seems really nice. <laughs> uh number one choice <laughs> uh any pet fictional sci-fi or magical i would choose uh the dog from the dog's purpose movies <laughs> i don't know if you've seen these films but basically i saw the first one basically trailer made me weep uncontrollably i couldn't cope with watching no. <laughs> so here's here's the deal uh, the the premise is basically a dog's purpose is to, you know, is to help its human, you know, be happy, fulfilled, whatever. And this dog, the spirit of this dog, is reincarnated. So if you get a you like you find this dog, this puppy, you 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 form a life bond with this puppy, and you know you grow up, the dog grows up, it gets to be an older dog. As happens, the dog passes away. That dog, that spirit is reborn in another puppy who remembers you. And so that, so that's, you get a new dog that is still that same dog. And like this happens like through generations. Like there's like the, the kids have the same dog as the parents had when they were kids. 
It's an eternal dog. It's I didn't know there was one. more than one movie. I thought there was just the one. I think there's two, but this happens in one movie. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. The first movie, you know, is him when he was a boy, and then it's like his his grandkid, or at least his his. But it takes him like the whole movie to figure out that it's the same dog, but it's the same dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could pick a pet, that would be my pet. That would be my family pet for as long as he or she wants to stay with us. Yeah. Okay. That's my five. All right. Virginia, what about you? What's your five? Um, well, I actually have four. Okay. <laughs> and when I, when I you look at this card. list, I'm like, <laughs> half of these are all cute and cuddly and half of these are like, I want to destroy my enemies. So <laughs> I'll start with, um, with Snoopy because he just does a bunch of stuff and he would be a really cool dog to have. Sorry, Pippa, cover your ears. Um, (laughs) And then I debated on Porg versus Tribble and I don't think Porgs are quite as reproductively healthy as Tribble, so (laughs) I went with Porg instead. Um, And the Porgs are probably delicious. Probably. <laughs> Dribbles are delicious too. They're nothing but meat. They're like a scallop. Like a scallop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and they're pregnant the... with flavor. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the dragons, I don't care which from Game of Thrones, so I can just fly around <laughs> and like destroy ships towers whatever i want the zombie dragon that breathes the blue fire oh god no (laughs) and then my last one i had to look up what they were called because i wasn't sure but the seti eels from wrath of khan where they like (laughs) they make them very susceptible to persuasion Uh i'm gonna have my own army of people (laughs) with my dragon holding my with snoopy red baron behind me Seti eel is what they're they're colloquially called. They they're, they're never given a name in the in the movie. I, don't, I mean, okay, it's but pets not again, quite domestic for, for, for the for the Star Trek, you know, lame. Oh, those who don't know, yes, yes, I, I'm the one who doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all. Listen, Jim, what about you? Oh, I'm still working on my list. Okay, um, yeah, come back to me. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll do. I'll do my list. Um, so, hold on a second. Sorry. Okay. So, number five would be Slimer from the Real Ghostbusters. <laughs> He's sentient. He's kind of. Well, I guess he is you said of. creature or life. Form. I I did. And uh, I think he would be cool it. to hang out with, and we could get into mischief together. Um, you definitely would. Uh, Garfield, because he's chill, he's low maintenance. You just have to give him a lasagna every day, and and he's cool. Um, I would want a Mogwai because oh, I know the rules for trouble, follow. don't you? I can follow the rules. <laughs> I know the rules. <laughs> uh, I would want a house elf from Harry Potter. But I don't want a slave, so I would give him clothes, and he would we would just hang out. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to wait on me hand and foot. Um, 
And I also I also want Falcor from the Neverending Story because gotta have a gotta have a luck dragon. I go wrong with a luck dragon. But I I considered Mogwai. Uh, how old do you think is like? Do you think Gizmo is like immortal, or do you think he's like? Do they ever indicate how long they live? Because I got the sense that like he's as old as the old man. I don't know, but. Like, do we have? Does that ever? They never on? say. They never say. So he and and in Gremlins too, he's the same age as he was in the first one. So <laughs> yeah, there's no telling. All right. Yeah. All right, Rick. What about you? Well, to be perfectly frank, I thought you were kidding, <laughs> so I just came up with my <laughs> list off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm getting that a lot was, tonight for some reason. Well, I, I thought that did did we mention this before? No. Okay, because you threw it out there, and then Sean was like, "Yeah, but really, we're doing this." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that was a joke." So here's here's the telepathic conversation that Sean and I had, <laughs> for the, to let you guys know, uh, and Sean to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, anytime Sean says, "Yeah, we're just going to talk about whatever," that is my invitation to come up <laughs> with a topic. Anytime Sean is like, "Yeah, we don't really have a topic. We're just going to talk." That is, it's like open mic night. So any any kind of little idea of something, it's like okay, we, we'll give you fifteen minutes at the close of the show. <laughs> we'll find we'll find a spot for you sometime, the, you know, to get okay. up on stage. So so yes and okay. Normally, I I would have like done some digging through the internet to jog my memory of stuff, but this, I think I, I've got a semi decent list here. Number five is Bandit from Johnny Quest. Okay. Although yeah. I kind of already live with the little yappy bastard already. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not familiar, Bandit was a little bulldog. He had, he had a, you know, like kind of a raccoon mask markings around his eyes. So that's why they called him Bandit. And he just barked at everything. It was yeah. utterly smart. useless. Smart. Yeah, he was smart. smart yeah. <clears throat> uh, a Salot, which is a Vulcan pet. They're a giant furry mammal with six inch fangs. And they're uh, they're rather cuddly and ferocious, which Virginia fits into your uh, <laughs> your criteria there. Uh, Jonesy from the the Nostromo, mm-hmm. the the cat from Alien and Aliens, because Jonesy mm-hmm. is the baddest ass cat ever. There's a great uh, T-shirt design slash meme going around Facebook that just so shows Jonesy walking through the halls of the Nostromo carrying the baby alien in its mouth and it's dead and it's like if Jonesy was in charge of the movie oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, uh, number five, four, three number two yeah I remember which direction I'm going in uh, whatever kind of dragon toothless is he's a uh, knight something or he's other a knight fury knight fury um, they're adorable and uh, and very cool. Um, and then my number one would be, uh, uh, I, and I have no idea if they have a name or not. The the Navi dragon flying dinosaur things that they they had in in. Uh, they uh, do have a name, in, but I can't uh, pronounce it. I've ridden one. Avatar. Though. Yeah, you've yeah. ridden one. <laughs> I've ridden one at Disney World. Yeah, it was oh, amazing. Okay. It was nice. Yeah. Okay. No, they have a they have a ride at Disney World where you can ride one, and it it's like a 3D experience, 
and it actually feels like you're riding on the back of this beast. You can actually feel it like you're sitting on the saddle. You can feel the beast breathing between your knees. Like you can mm. feel its its breath and everything. It's 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 an amazing yeah, ride. You, you fly you fly over the water. You can feel the spray of the water. You can yeah. smell seawater. It's really really cool. And it goes oh, wow. down into a into a cave, and you can smell the cave and everything. Yeah, Disney's good at that stuff. You know, they'll you'll you'll have to sell one of your children to afford to go there, but you'll it'll be worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kicking myself that I didn't think of Toothless. Well well done, sir. <laughs> well done. All right, Thank you. Scott. Okay. What about you? I have I've struggled with a justification for having a uh, a triple on my list, but then I remembered that um, uh, what's his name uh, Lorca on Star Trek Discovery had a triple <laughs> in his office and only ever had one triple in his office. It was neutered. That's true. That's or true. <laughs> it is possible to neuter a triple, or he just ate them when they came out. You just have to <laughs> that could be. expose them right to next high to doses desk. of gamma radiation. <laughs> yeah, he must have been very hungry. Yeah, he's eating a lot of triples. So and, and fortune cookies. So a a fixed triple would be one. Um, sticking with uh, such a uh, good name for a band. <laughs> fixed triple. <laughs> fixed triple. Um, sticking with Game of Thrones, uh, I do like the idea not of having a dragon, because that's a little bit too severe, but a dire wolf wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm, that's a good one. Um, uh, I also like the idea of having a Pegasus, because I can ride a horse and I can fly a horse whenever I want. Um, now, Pegasus has shown up in, in many a TV and film, so just kind of you know, pick which one you want. Um, Initially, I was thinking the animated Hercules film from Disney, but you know, whatever, whatever Pegasus uh, really you want, just go for it. Um, that Pegasus is kind of a diva, though. A bit of a diva, and you know, sometimes <laughs> a bit. You know, he's got the brain of a bird. He's yeah. so is Hercules. He's a little yeah. dim sometimes, <laughs> so maybe a smarter Pegasus than that. Now, that Pegasus would give me uh, some battle superiority on you know on land and in the air uh a dire wolf definitely helps with your with your ground battle but you can't always uh you can't always feel secure in knowing that those animals are going to keep you alive you might end up you know in danger for your life seriously so it's a nice idea to have a phoenix around to help get you out of a certain situation so even though i've i haven't even seen all the films in the series and the ones that i have seen i've only seen once um and i've only read the books once but it from harry potter dumbledore had himself a phoenix that uh, was a once in a great while um special bonus effect and that was fox so i'll take i'll take fox and uh and have myself a uh, a phoenix pet, and I was trying to figure out which cat from all of film and television I wanted. But Aww. how can you choose a cat? <laughs> I just assumed it'd be Grudge. Yeah, Grudge. I figured you'd be the cat to be Grudge, since your cat looks a lot like Grudge. <laughs> Mine, my, mine's Garfield. So 
There you go. Can I, can I change one of my one of mine? Because Scott, nope, you just gave me an inspiration. <laughs> I understand that Grudge is a queen, but I don't understand what the big deal is about Grudge. <laughs> I like my Xena. And Xena had a TV show, so it's close go. enough. I'm going to keep my cat. I'm going to keep my Xena. Rick, what's your what's your idea? I want to trade out Bandit for Sleeknir, which is Odin's nine-legged horse. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Okay, I have my list now. Can I yeah. can, can I can I trade out the the uh, Mogwai for Alligator Loki? <laughs> alligator loki will definitely kill you that was not on my list but oh, I, I thought about alligator. it he's a small alligator okay There's no such thing Go he's ahead, a magical it. alligator imbued with the the heart of loki <laughs> will definitely thousand percent he's definitely uh, okay. clearly no one's pet that we know of but anyway <laughs> Ooh, can i pick throg then <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Get him, out, get him out of that jar. Yeah. Easy. Go ahead. Jim. All right. Okay. Number five. I have a dog and a cat on my list, by the way. Uh number five is Pongo from Once Upon a Time. Cute little that cute little Dalmatian. He's adorable. Uh number four, the Buckbeak, the hippogriff from Prisoner of Azkaban. Good choice. Yep. Number three, Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Because he can talk and he can influence a spider. And that's Um, so big. And he's delicious (laughs) in a pinch. (laughs) He was radiant too. Uh, Number number two, Shadowfax from The Lord of the Rings. I was wondering which one of you was going to pick Shadowfax. (laughs) (laughs) And number one is a character specifically from the D&D mythos, a Tressum, which is a cat with wings that can talk and tends to play practical jokes on people. Like, it's more of a cat than a regular cat. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Can I trade Garfield for Pooh Bear? <laughs> Not a pet! <laughs> Why isn't he? He could be a pet. I considered making my cat choice Battle Cat from He-Man, but I realized that... <laughs> Um, I already had a Pegasus, which was a rideable animal, and a dire wolf can sometimes be ridden in a pinch. So I didn't necessarily need another another animal to 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 ride on. Well, if you I don't considered... have the sword, if you don't have the sword of power, you're just stuck with Cringer. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I, I thought about Goliath from Davy and Goliath, or uh, not Davy, Samson and Goliath. No, Davy, Davy, no, Davy, Davy and Goliath is a different thing. No, Samson and Goliath was a, a Hanna Barbera cartoon uh where samson and his dog samson was just a kid and he rode around on a scooter with a dog but he had these these wristbands and when shit went down he would clack the wristbands together and turn into mighty samson and then he'd smack them together like this and the dog would turn into a big ass lion (laughs) and then they'd throw cars and shit i considered 3030 from uh brave star the horse the horse the mechanical horse yeah yeah that turns into a sidekick mm. <laughs> weapons master. Uh, I also, I didn't think about it, but everybody else is getting these, you know, creatures of like mass destruction. I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick, I want to, uh, my alternate would be the, the psychic war elephant from Adventure Time. <laughs> I don't know if any of you know that, but it's. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, what about an oliphant from uh, Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Oh, those eight-story high yeah. elephant. <laughs> I gotta feed that thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Clean up after it. Clean up after it, like yeah. That's one All right. of shit. We are approaching the end of the show. If you want to hear more, come over to patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's where you find extra content from our network, including uh, access to early access to episodes, special monthly episodes. And you can help us out for only uh, three bucks a month, or you can join at the five or $10 level and become a producer like bullet Bengal, Tom Corcoran, Brandon Ushio, Dale Goodall and Jeff Hughes. And uh, boy, do those guys produce. They do. They're very productive. Jen, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for having me as always. Virginia, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. John, you want to let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, sure. I'm on various shows on the Infinite Potato Alliance, like uh, many of the other people here. My show is a uh, Captain Game Show. Trivia, wordplay, Zaniness incarnate. Is it incarnate <laughs> if it's over the pod? Sure. Let's say it is. <laughs> All right. Rick, thank you for being here. How can we find you? Uh, you can find me in the local cemetery trying to make zombie gerbils. Gross. Thank you. Okay. Wait. <laughs> How? <laughs> Don't you have to bite them? <laughs> well, you have to bury it first and then it comes back, but it ain't right, right? Isn't that how it goes? That's oh, only, it's only that one cemetery. Sometimes. It's just that one cemetery. Yeah, uh, you gotta, you gotta now you the, tell me. It's the a pet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not going to let me back to that. Is better. <laughs> okay. Sometimes that is better. Scott, where can we find the you? The worst pets, Rick. <laughs> uh, you can find me on this particular show as well as uh, oftentimes on that Star Trek podcast, occasionally on Captain Game Show. And coming soon on my very own new show, I watch that for a dollar where I sit down with a guest and I discuss a film that I purchased on Blu-ray or DVD at my local dollar store. I have literally dozens of discs stacked up waiting for shows. There are so many. There are so many. Uh, But if you get tired of waiting for that show to come out, uh, then you can see some of my visual work by visiting my website at www.planetrisecreative.com or find me on Twitter at Planet Rise to see some of my graphic artwork, including posters, social media avatars, banners, logos, book covers, and so on. Uh, if anyone's interested, I am accepting commissions most of the time. All right. And uh, if you want to know where to find us and stay tuned for a moment and we'll, we'll let you know momentarily. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time on cosmic potato, the super fan talk podcast when you might hear John say, you know, I'm pretty sure the first person Darth Vader ever force choked was just some stormtrooper like on the elevator on Mustafar. It was trying to make small talk. Like the elevator ride was long. And like he kind of leaned over, he's like, uh, "Hot enough for you?" <laughs> that was it. I did not see it go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. 
You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.